All right, we're back. And as this farewell tour, I guess you could call it, from the pregame show continues on. Uh, who else am I going to bring on but the guy that's endured this thing with me all season long, as he does now for the second straight year. Uh, he is a 94 WIP show producer and the host and co-creator of the Bird's IQ podcast that you can see in here on the edge of Philly sports.com. Kyle Quinn joins me. Kyle, what's up? Hey, buddy. Uh, you seem pretty chipper today. Has the uh, reality of last week settled in and have you moved on with your life? I got over about three hours later, my friend. Okay. Now, that's actually a great question I want to start off with because that seems to be the theme around town is, especially on Monday that I noticed, was you know, it was almost like we were kind of like thankful to be there, but really had no expectations of winning that game. And obviously for what happened on the field. Uh, but Kyle, was that the right way to kind of handle like that game and it, from a fan standpoint, do you think? Uh, I mean, sure. Because, I mean, it doesn't really matter. You're a fan, right? It doesn't, doesn't matter how you approach the game. It matters more how the players approach the game. And that's obviously an entirely different matter. We saw. No, it sounds like the fans and players both approach it the same way. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was. Uh, now, Kyle, I've maintained the narrative all week that if you have, if you had not watched one ounce of Eagle football in 2021, I mean, not one down, not one play, not one nothing, but then sat down and watched this game against the Buccaneers, you would be completely caught up about this football team this year. Would you agree or disagree with that statement? Now, Kyle, when I say that, I mean kind of narratively like the regression or the inability of Jalen Hurts to kind of read read a defense. Uh, that was kind of on display throughout the season. Yeah, it got better at times, but it kind of went right back to that. The Eagles defense's inability to take the ball away. Uh, this was a defense that averaged less than one turnover all season long. Uh, the personal foul penalty on Derek Barnett that came that, that seemed to rear its ugly head multiple times throughout the season. Uh, and the getting away from the run and then leaning on the pass of Nick, Nick Sirianni, it, to me, is just a real snapshot of the entire season, Kyle. Uh, okay, and I, I won't necessarily disagree with that. I, I do find it funny, though, because I remember, I don't know how many times I heard this leading up to the game. So people saying, Derek Borden should take a shot at Brady. <laughs> Season, or it's, that's probably going to be something that we're going to have to see improve in the offseason if it will at all. 
Um, but yeah, and then the defense just got absolutely marched on, kind of like they were in the beginning of the season. It was uh, it was just as ugly as you described. Yeah, and now of course, uh, you know, the ashes have now, or the smoke is gone, and the ashes are settled. And well, I mean, they're settling. And we we had the end of uh, end of season press conference, which apparently now the Eagles are doing in a joint style with the GM and head coach, which I don't like. I I, I think this is definitely time. The end of season to me is the GM's time to get on the uh, to get on the hot seat, in my opinion, Kyle. What do you think about this joint press conference thing at the end of the year? Well, they, they've been doing that for a little while now, and I, I mean, I don't think it necessarily makes a difference because it all depends on who the reporters are asking questions, right? I mean, we kind of saw Sirianni go up there with Harry Roseman for thirty minutes and answer one question. Now he did manage to take up five minutes. And uh, so heading into the season, uh, you know, based on everything that we've seen in 2021, based on our awesome draft positioning currently with three first round picks uh, and the, um, I guess, admission. Now, a lot of people are saying that Howie and Nick basically said that, you know, Jalen Hurts is their starter in 2022. Now, I never heard anybody say the word starter. Uh, when when they said that Jalen Hurts was their man in 2022. But how do you feel about, do you feel that was a press conference that you can take anything from or just a standard check the box, get me the hell out of here type press conference? I, I did find it interesting how committal he was to Jalen Hurts. Now, you can always uh, call back to the times where he's talking about Sam Bradford and his future and he's the time to talk about Carson Wentz and the fingers on his hand thing and stuff like that. I mean, general managers are basically paid to go up there and, and lie to you. And as we discussed before, it does not put Howie Roseman in an advantageous position to kind of show his hand about what he wants to do at quarterback. Yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm not really going to sit here and tell you that I believe him 100%. I'm not going to say that I think he's lying, but uh, I just I don't really think there's too much you can take out of that. So you're, you're not sitting here thinking that, you know, you're not quite buying your Jalen Hurts 2022 t-shirt or jersey right now, but at, on the same token, you wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Hurts was the quarterback next year. Now, the other thing about the press conference that I think grabbed me. Now, I want to say on a overall standpoint, I was not happy with the kind of questions that were asked. I thought they were pretty softballish. It started off pretty good, but then it really kind of, in my opinion, petered out as the, as the conference went on. But whatever, I guess it's the reason why I'm not in that room either. But um, the other part of the press conference that kind of grabbed me by the horns a little bit was the uh, was the wide receiver portion of the press conference. And I want to address that for a second with you, Kyle. Uh, he mentioned... You mentioned something about rookie contract. Now, they did mention Jalen uh, Rager. 
as a solid I now don't let me misquote this a solid number two did he say did he say two I, I okay now is there anything that Jalen Reger has done in his two years in your opinion that justifies him being a solid anything on this football team right now Yeah, I, I knew he said somewhere. Put, put Jalen Rager in that category, and I think that makes a little bit more sense. And then even if you want to throw Goddard in that mix, yeah. Jalen Rager probably becomes what is the fourth option on that offense. Now, what about the enforcer? I mean, we can't go that we can we cannot let this 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 interview go without mentioning the enforcer of the Philadelphia Eagles, one JJ Arthago Whiteside. Uh, Kyle, do you think you wanted to uh, Nick Sirianni wanted to kind of duck underneath that podium when you mentioned the word enforcer in the, in Ortega Whiteside in the same breath? No, man, he's like a regular old Dave Schultz out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, did he didn't he kind of say that the running game was all responsible of of JJ? You know, the success of the running game was all JJ Ortega Whiteside. Well, that's probably why Howie drafted him with the, you know, in the second round out of Stanford is to be the run blocker uh, and the special teams blocker guy. Um, but of course, we already know that that's um, it's okay. So, more than let me ask you a question: What is more likely to be the reality in 2022? Jalen Hurts as the backup or JJ Ortega Whiteside still on this team? What's the more likely? Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think so too. All right, let's take a look real quick. Now let's transition. Uh, we mentioned a little bit about free agents. Uh, you, you mentioned a couple of people. Now I want to go through the Eagle list of free agents with you right now and, and maybe stop and talk about one or two of them as we go through it, but a very uninspiring list. Um, Anthony Harris, Der- Derek Barnett. Now Derek Barnett, uh, would you agree or disagree that that was just a, it, other than the one play in the Super Bowl, that is pretty much Derek Barnett's career here in Philadelphia. So who drafted him? What was GM's name? Okay, now let's move it on. Ryan Kerrigan, uh, obviously. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to clarify with you. That's all. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan was a free agent pickup this uh, summer. Uh, you expect to see Ryan Kerrigan back? I think he had, what, one tackle all season? Uh, pretty much a, you know. <laughs> he did. He made up for the whole season, right? Uh Steven, now, Stephen Nelson, Rodney McLeod, interesting, uh, two very interesting players right here. Uh, do you see a scenario that either one or, or both come back? Man, I don't know. It, it's tough. It, it just really seems like this team is trying to go in a younger direction on defense. I mean, who knows who the hell is the defensive coordinator will be. I'm That's a good point. That a yeah, bit, but, good point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, Rodney McLeod, I love Rodney McLeod. I think he's a great leader on the defense. Uh, he's one of my favorite holdovers from that championship team, which, wait, Matt, the Philadelphia Eagles. So, uh, what, what general manager? Who's the general manager? Uh, that's irrelevant. That, what are you trying to say? Just, 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 just say who the question. <laughs> I asked George. 
the criminal Howie Roseman. Okay, thank you. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be good with him coming back. Nelson, I don't know. If you come off man, he, you want to get it depends on who they want to draft, honestly. If they want to go uh, defensive back in the draft, then Nelson probably won't be back. I mean, Maddox is going to be here. Also depends on how they feel about McPherson. I would say the odds are probably not in either of their favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, you would think that you're right. That If there's one position group on this team right now that's probably needs to kind of like go real young, it's that, that defensive secondary. But um, – you know, to be honest with you, Kyle, uh, and, and I know I give Darius Slay a lot of guff and all that. I, they weren't – that group was not the problem this year. Um, it really wasn't. They, they they were serviceable in 2020. A lot better than they've been over the last three or four years, and I will give them that. Yeah, and I mean, even if you're, if you're still on a dial on the hill, that Darius Slay was not good this year. I mean, just got up. No, he's always off. Darius Slay was good, but he was not the money we're paying him good. Uh, that's my opinion. All right. Yeah, okay. All right, moving on. Again, all right. I don't want to argue with you all the time. All right, moving on. Uh, Hassan Ridgeway, Jordan Howard, Dick Rod, Boston Scott, Greg Ward, Alex Singleton, Jason Kroom, Gerard Avery, uh, Andre Chakari, and Nate Herbing round out our free agent list. Is there anybody that jumps out of there, Kyle, that you want to see back in Midnight Green next year? Well, I honestly can't believe you just glossed over Jason Kroom like that. I, I'm, I know. I, I got to do my homework better than that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, like you said, it's a pretty just uninspiring list. I'm sure a few of those guys will be back just as kind of depth pieces. Yeah. You can't lose everybody. Um, but, you know, uh, it's all going to be about who's going to cost what because we're going to have to navigate the capital. And let's now talk about the biggest question, and we touched on it a little bit already, is, of course, the uh, Jalen Hurts uh, starting in 2022 question. It's – it's uh, everyone seems to be thinking that there's some this great uh, plethora of great quarterbacks that are going to become available uh, on the free agent side of the house. Not really the case. You got Big Ben, who is about three years past the end of his career. Bridgewater, Andy Dalton, and Ryan Fitzpatrick and Cam Newton round up the top five eligible quarterback free agents here in 2022. But of course, we're talking about the potential trading partners: Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Deshaun Watson, and then I've heard Derek Carr's name tossed into that list. <laughs> so um, now when you're looking at the team that the Eagles are right now and you look at the draft capital and the free and the cap money that we have, Kyle, I am going to tell you right now here in January that I am a firm believer, and I'm not on the Jalen Hurts team at all, but I think that there's too many holes on this team right now to ignore by going after Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson or uh, Carr. I'm, I'm saying that we need to utilize the cap money and utilize our picks to get this team healthier in other areas. What do you say? Yeah, and I think you kind of just hit the nail on the head there because you mentioned both the cap money and the draft capital, which is what we would need to acquire one of those quarterbacks. Yeah. Right? You're going to need to yep. give up both, which is just, you know, it's, it's an outrageous asking price, especially when you're trying to build this team up now. I mean, some people, I, I guess, could look at it in a sense where, Look, I mean, where do you think this team would have gone or how do you think they would have fared against camp in the playoffs had they had a Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers on their team? I don't know. You know, uh, you could contend that they might have gone, for, you know, a game or two further, which, you know, is, is a pretty juicy concept if you think about it. But, but yeah, I mean, just thinking about it on uh, kind of like a macro scale that you're saying, 
um, having to pay that much money and tie that up into a quarterback and then not even be able to spend the draft capital that you have on building up the team around him, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like it could sell for the best. Now, I do think that Gardner, Gardner Minshew might generate some – I mean, I would be okay with moving him along maybe for an extra pick or, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know – Quarterback is a premium position in this league, and with all these new head coaches uh, have yet to be identified, and I know the Giants signed themselves a new head coach, but um, there's going to be a lot of moving pieces. There's going to be a lot of quarterbacks that are going to become available. Quarterback is probably going to be really a spotlighted position this offseason. What do you think? What, what 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 about this scenario, Kyle? What about Russell Wilson wearing giant blue? Oh, God. I mean, would that be? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that could happen. I know it could, and, and obviously, I don't like the thought of it. I guess now the biased fan in me would immediately start calling Russell Washington, say that you know he'll, he'll be terrible in New York, but um, probably deep inside, I'll, there, there will be the sinking fear. Now, uh, I mean, look, uh, a bad coach can really do you dirty. <laughs> quite a few of those in the past few years and we've seen exactly uh what it did to dallas so yeah um yeah i mean it's all just going to depend on who they hire as a coach and i mean kind of who they surround russell wilson with but yeah that's uh definitely scary thought. i was really hoping for one more year of judge i really was one more year of not worrying about the giants would have been nice you know i don't know no. yeah, well, who knows i mean if this new gm is a flop we could have fun yeah all right now let's we talked about coaches let's talk about our own staff uh the the i guess Somehow, somewhere on some alternate universe, Jonathan Gannon is the leading candidate for the Houston Texans job. Um, Kyle Quinn, one, would you be surprised, or actually, let me strike that. One, would you uh, be happy if he got the job? And number two, would you be surprised as well that he gets that job? I don't I mean, see it either, man. We're going to point with point to the uh, the, the, the lack of talent. talent yeah, and, yeah. And that's, that's definitely the case. Uh, I mean, besides, you know, like Slay and Hargrave, uh, they're they're pretty much depleted now. Would I be surprised if he went somewhere like the Vikings or Denver and, and had a pretty good uh, defense there? No, because I mean, those those teams just frankly have better fronts than the Eagles do. They have better talent than the Eagles do. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't see it with Jonathan Gannon. Apparently, the rest of the league does. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's hard to say because you wanted to think that he was kind of improving as the season went on, and then he just got, I mean, he, he just got freaking stopped yeah. in the playoffs, kind of similarly to how he did earlier on in the season. So it's just all really strange to me. No, and, and you know, and you mentioned that is where, wh- wh- why he has, or where does he get all this cachet from, the, from at, from the rest of the league? And that's, a, and I think there's, because there's, there's multiple levels of being a coach, Kyle. Uh, there's what you see on TV as the, as the, as the fan on Sunday. And then there's the day-to-day in the locker room, week-to-week uh, interaction between the players and the staff and all that. Um, I Would I be surprised if JG goes somewhere with a better defensive unit and has massive success? No, 
I would not be surprised because that's the Eagle way. I mean, for God's sakes, right? Uh, but would I? Well, would I be surprised if he went somewhere somewhere else and was a huge flop? No, because you're right. I didn't see that from. I didn't see anything from the guy. I saw uh, somebody who was slow to react and slow to make adjustments and not reading offense as well. I, I now maybe he read them or he just couldn't rely on the guys who were on the field and he's trying to read it from the side. I, I don't know the X's and O's of what was going on, but but he did not impress me at all, Kyle. No. And and not like a, an overly impressive one. So it's I mean it's just crazy. And I think you, you mentioned uh, kind of like the what you see on the field and stuff. There's also kind of the, the who you know aspect, right? Absolutely. I mean David Kelly does such a raw deal in Houston, but now uh, Nick Casario, who I guess uh, graduated from the same university as, as Jonathan Gannon, you know he's uh, he's all buddy buddy with him or something. And, and Josh McCown too, who's only coached uh, football at the high school level. So I mean some of this stuff is just totally bizarre. And I mean it could just turn out that I mean man, I would not be surprised if we we're talking in a few years and saying like yeah like. Wasn't that hilariously like the Eagles fans were right? Like we told everyone, why the hell would you hire John again? And we were right. I mean, that would not surprise me at all. No, it would not surprise me one bit at either. And honestly, I wish them the best. Uh, I think the, there needs to be an adjustment on that side of the ball, uh, regardless of what happens with him and head coaching. I don't know if that will happen. Um, I don't know how that works itself out, but. You know, you think you got a team right now that is uh, hopefully they have their board, their free agent board and their draft board already assembled. I don't know. I just think that uh, if something's going to give, it's going to give soon. Right. Continuity is pretty important, especially with a young team, right? I mean, I'll briefly mention uh, Jalen Hurts and that he's only been with the same – he's never had the same offensive coordinator two years in a row. So I think just having that continuity on the offensive side of the ball is going to be good. And it, it could also be good uh, on the defensive side of the ball as well. I mean, especially if you're talking about a coach who's going to grow with Nick Sirianni. Uh, there could definitely be a different dynamic if you bring in an old uh, veteran coach who, you know, maybe thinks that he deserves a head coaching job more – than Nick Sirianni does, maybe like a sort of like a Jim Schwartz, Doug Peterson dynamic. I, I don't know how great that relationship always was. Uh, but then there's also something to bring in a guy like, you know, uh, like a Vic Fangio who's, who's been a head coach before and probably won't get another head coaching job again just because he was never really successful at it. So you could get a guy who's kind of going to be like a lifer at defensive coordinator right. and he just kind of sat there for the next six years. I think someone like Fangio would be great. Someone like Zimmer would be great. Maybe even uh, Don Hartsdale just left Baltimore and he's 68. I'm not sure he's ever going to get a head coaching job. And I mean, he's done a damn good job there for about nine years or so. So yeah, just with all the options that are out there, I, I wouldn't be disappointed at all if Jonathan got left. And I would definitely be interested to see uh, them bring in some sort of veteran guy on that side. All right, Kyle, let's switch gears to the NFL. There's still some football left to be played. We are entering into the divisional round of the playoffs this weekend and some very intriguing matchups, and I quickly want to get your take on them. Uh, let's start out with the early game today, the 430 game, Cincinnati and Tennessee. Uh, hell of a matchup right on paper. Uh, I don't know where Tennessee came from as the number one overall seed in the AFC, losing Derrick Henry at one point, but now they're going to be, I guess, lined up to get him back. Uh, Cincinnati seems to be the Buffalo Bills of last year. Uh, how do you see this thing working out today down there in uh, Music City? Man, it's almost kind of becoming the, the popular thing now to say that uh, 
kind of getting not talked about, which I guess is kind of ironic, but I, I think Tennessee has kind of been being disrespected all week. I, there is a reason that they got the number one seed without Derrick Henry, and that's because their defense is freaking tough, man. They're tough, and they're fast, and they'll stand you, man. Um, so I, I love Tennessee in this game. I, I know uh, Cincinnati, they have a really fun uh, offense, but I just don't think they're uh, – they're, Offensive front is going to be able to hold up against that Tennessee front because, like I said, they're uh, they're a nasty group there. I just think Tennessee's going to take over this game. Hopefully, it's a close one, but I have Tennessee winning this game. Do you think Cincinnati is the new beast of the North in the AFC? I, I would I would like that honestly. I mean, you know, maybe one day down the line I'll get tired of them, but kind of right now I uh, I enjoy Joe Barrow. I like Jamar Chase. I like what they got going on though. All right, and tonight uh, in Lambeau, you got the uh, 49ers who did the Eagles a hell of a favor last week, as you mentioned earlier on, uh, by defeating the Dallas Cowboys and sending them home. It was just just like us, and now they're going to go and do battle with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, is this game over before it begins, uh, or can, can can San Francisco hang tonight? I think San Francisco can hang. Um, I, there's always that. I know people are. It's funny because people are bringing it up this week. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't played in the game under 40, 41 degrees. Oh, yeah, here we go. Yep. Like, where have I heard that one? Yeah. (laughs) The Packers Packers historically have trouble uh, with San Francisco and uh, Kyle Shanahan, too. I mean, he always plays him tough. Um, But, I mean, man, it's hard to bet against Aaron Rodgers and Lambeau Field, but uh, I I don't think it'll be a blowout. That'll be uh, a closer game. Yeah, and then tomorrow, they save the best for last tomorrow. These are some Titan games right here, pardon the pun, Tennessee, but. You start off the early game, uh, the 3 o'clock game. You got the Rams at the Buccaneers. Uh, Kyle, would you be surprised if the final score of this game was like 65 to 61? <laughs> um, actually, yeah, because they, they both got some pretty good defenses back there. Uh, I mean, I know their offenses are crazy good, but it's the playoffs. Man. I'm looking to see a nice uh, looking to see a nice mid-20s, maybe, maybe high-20 scoring game. And you think that this game, if the Rams win it, does Matt Stafford finally get some respect if the Rams win tomorrow? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it'll, it'll kind of hammer home the narrative that it was just the Lions holding them back and the Lions holding everybody back. Like they do. Bar- Barry and Sanders. Sanders. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's uh, just a never ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Yes, we will. And then the final game of the weekend uh, over there at Jiha Field, uh, which is interesting is they're my dental insurance, but the uh, Buffalo Bills uh, versus the Kansas City Chiefs in a game that I contest, Kyle Quinn, that the winner of that game is your representative in the AFC, uh, in the Super Bowl, uh, the winner of this game. I believe that that, that will be the AFC champion. Um, Buffalo not as dominant or not as sexy as they were last year, but they did enough there at the end. Uh, Kansas City just, you know, they, they they had their struggles too this season. How do you see this game working out? Yeah, I'm kind of with you in that. I wish I could petition to get this game moved to the AFC Championship. Yes. Honestly, uh, this, this game could be a Super Bowl. Just, uh, I think 